from the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios in Nederland, Colorado. We're here with executive chef Chris Canales at Salto. Chris, you know, I saw you out slaving over some ribs. <laughs> it smelled amazing. And I was just looking around and I thought, what a great story this guy must have and how perfect for first chair. Thanks so much for taking the time out of a busy day to chat with us. You're welcome. It's my pleasure. You know, I'm excited to talk to you and uh, yeah, let you in a little bit on my what I do, my day to day. So you were telling me that Monday was like your first day off in forever. Yeah, it was like 13 or 14 days, but uh, that's how it is. Um, when you work as a chef, um, a lot of times, you know, you have to prioritize things in the restaurant and like had a new menu going out, a lot of things coming all together at once. So, I mean, you have to put in the hours. Um, for me to just walk away and say, oh, it's my day off, it wouldn't cut it, you know? So um, that's just how I, I came up through the ranks. And, you know, you always, um, you put the well-being of the restaurant before your your own days off and things like that, because you'll eventually get a day off and sleep and do some laundry and stuff. <laughs> do you have any idea how busy it would be being an executive chef when you first started thinking you might want to do this as a career? Yes. Um, basically, I started cooking when I was 12, or I started in restaurants when I was 12 years you were 12. old. 12. Yes. Wow. Um, so five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, basically, what it is, um, what it was, is that I started as a dishwasher prep cook at an Italian restaurant that was really, um, we were close friends of the family. So um, one day we're in there eating, and the owner, his name was Paul, he came up to me and he was like, so Chris, when are you going to start working here? And I was like, oh, I'm not going to work here, you know? And then he, he's like, I'll make you a deal. I'll, I'll let you take home a pizza every time you, every time you come to work. And uh, I was like, great, you know? So that Saturday I had my dad drop me off there, and I showed up to work, and um, he was the owner was kind of surprised, you know? He was like, you know, does your dad know? And I was like, I drop, he dropped me off, you know? <laughs> like, he's like, all right, I guess you're working, you know? And, like, there was other younger kids that because it was a family-owned italian restaurant there's other younger kids that were there so i just kind of blended in it's part of the family and uh that was the beginning of the downward spiral <laughs> now where was this <laughs> this was in uh california in southern california um and uh that's where i'm from i'm from fullerton in southern california but um yeah it was just one of those things that took off by the time i was in high school i was working the line and um you know, by the time I graduated from high school, I was running, you know, the kitchen, doing all kinds of stuff, bounced around a few different other restaurants, you know, just kind of honing my skills. But I didn't really cooking came easy to me and I, it was always hard work, but it, it, it came easy to me. And um, I wasn't I was probably 19 before I realized, like, hey, this is something I could do as a career. You know, um, it wasn't really a um, it wasn't something like so. This was back in the 80s, um, and it wasn't something that people went to culinary school to do. You know, um, back then, cooks, people who worked in restaurants, kitchens, were ex-convicts, uh, drug dealers, stuff like that. Where, you know, it wasn't your upstanding members of society. It wasn't like how you see it on TV today. Right, it no was top chef. Yeah, like exactly. That. It was like, you know, if you told your parents you wanted to go to culinary school or like, hey, I want to work in restaurants all my life. They're, they weren't too excited about it, you know. But um, luckily, you know, I'm a first-generation American, and my um, my family 
one of the things that they value very much is good food. You know, my, my mom, my aunts, they cook amazingly. And um, when they saw that I was learning the craft of how to, you know, cook and how, how to be a chef, like they were behind it. And then, you know, they always got to reap the benefits of coming to my fancy restaurants and, and eating, you know, whether I was a line cook or a sous chef or whatever. And, um, you know, it just it was one of those things where, the further along I got and the cooler things I made, they became more and more proud of me. And it's just like, oh, yeah, it, it's it's all right. You know, he's he's a chef, you know. But, um, yeah, it definitely the last, I don't know, 15 years, it's changed. And it's gone from being this thing where people don't really, like, didn't want to become or didn't want to do it, at least in this country, to now it's like, you know, you got kids that are freshmen in high school saying, oh, I'm going to go to culinary school as soon as I get out, and I want to work at this restaurant, and they have a whole cookbook collection and stuff like that, and it wasn't that way when I started, you know, so. You guys have become superstars. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, and that was never the case. That was never the case, like, but, um, yeah, I always, when I was younger and I used to work in restaurants, um, people were like, you know, Chris, are you going to be a chef when you grow up? I was like, no way, no way. There's no way I'll be a chef, you know, like, cause as a kid, I was already working a lot, you know, and I'd go in after school, I'd work on the weekends and stuff. And I loved it because it's just the, the dynamic of working in a kitchen and just, I mean, you got old people, young people, you know, people that have, you know, masters and doc PhDs and, people who just literally got out of jail and um it's just a big mixing pot but it it, it's really fun and that that energy that dynamic of just being in there working is something that gets you gets a hold of you and i mean i tried working at a library for like six months and i couldn't do it you know it's like it, it, it i've literally done i've literally worked in restaurants all my life and um it's just one of those things that like I said, when it's, once it gets in your blood, you just, it's something that you need to do, you know? And, um, now I'm at the point where it's like, you know, I'm, I've been an executive chef at a few places. It's, you know, I, I totally confident with all my skill set and what I can do. And so it's just now it's the fun time, you know, where it's like, you get to create whatever you want, you know, train people, show them, show them them how to basically the next generation and how to do it, you know, and, um, you know, showing them right. Cause I learned how to make pasta from old Italian ladies. I learned how to, you know, like when I was, um, coming up, there wasn't like the, the French laundry cookbook where you could just use Thomas Keller's pasta recipe. You know, it was, you know, well, let's make some pasta. And I have an 80 year old, you know, Italian woman showing me how to make pasta. Let's, you know, let's do this. And it's, um, it's one of those things where, you know, people aren't learning the way I learned before. And now that I'm in this situation, I could definitely pass on the way I learned, you know, and show people like, hey, well, this is how I do gnocchi. You know, I mean, it may be totally different than you, but, you know, I learned from an old lady from Puglia, you know, uh, and this is how I'll do it till I die, you know. And so, so it's fun. I got to ask, small mountain town, Southern California. Yeah. and. We just happen to have a very fine dining restaurant here. There have got to be some really unique twists to being an executive chef at a fine dining restaurant at 8,200 feet elevation. Yeah, well, um, I got the bug, like, to live in Colorado. I moved to uh, Beaver Creek, and it was right before um, the turn of the millennium in 99, 
and um, moved to Beaver Creek, lived there till 2005, but um, I was working in a restaurant out there called Toscanini, and then I worked at the Ritz-Carlton, and that whole lifestyle of coming in, like waking up, getting first chair, you know, I mean, I have every, you know, we call it slack country because it's not quite back country because we go out the back country access gates and then come back <laughs> in the side and take, take the lift back up and do lap that like three or four times before work. And I mean, basically some of the best turns you'll get in your life. And then you go into work and I, a lot of times it wouldn't have to be until noon, you know. Um, so you get first chair till noon of riding and then you come in and then you do 300, 350 covers and uh you know, you're putting out the best food possible, just cranking it out. And then you break down and get home maybe like two in the morning and you wake up in six hours and you do it all over again, you know? And that, I, I got I got pretty addicted to that lifestyle where, you know, it's like, I love snowboarding. So to be able to go up and have like a home mountain at Beaver Creek was awesome, you know? And, um, it was just one of those things and then you get six weeks off after the winter so like my wife and i would go down to costa rica visit family stuff like that where it's just it was just really easy to get used to you know so um you know I, that's where i got my taste for colorado and then um one of my friends approached me with a with a job offer to move to uh, san luis obispo california to open up a restaurant out there so i did that was out there for like three years and it was right before the um the housing market crashed so like in 2008 so I knew I didn't want to be in California during like a big lull recession you know so I you know my wife and I talked and it's like well let's move back to Colorado and we came to Nederland because um, well I, I had job offers in the Vale area because I knew chefs out there but we came to Nederland because my wife wanted to be closer to the city she liked Boulder and I had been in Nederland years ago and I was like, well, there's this little town called Nederland. Let's look into there. And then um, I found out through one of my friends that that same summer we were building a skateboard park. And I, the one thing I've been doing longer than cooking is skateboarding. So you got hooked here because of the skateboard park <laughs> just well, down from the restaurant. I had two, two rules. <laughs> I had two rules. It was, uh, well, it's, the town's got to have a food co-op and it's got to have a skate park worth skating, you know? And um, I heard from one of my friends a uh, park in Nederland was being built and then I found out that the company that was building it from Oregon actually knew the guys so I called them up I got to see the plans before you know like when I was still out in California and I was like this looks good let's move to Nederland you know so we started looking for places and then I mean uh, a few weeks later we moved out here you know it was kind of one of those things where um, just all it all kind of fell into place and this was in 2008, so um, the town was a lot different. I mean, there was, uh, I mean, maybe five people in town that did yoga. <laughs> you know, like, it's not how it is today. So uh, I knew that I couldn't work in Nederland. So I was working in Boulder and Denver. Um, I would commute from here. Um, I, I worked at Gold Lake for a while. But, um, you know, I did that for about, oh, I'd say seven years um commuting from denver to boulder and all that stuff and then um i was in between jobs and uh i was saw this place you know it'd been open for like three years salto and i was like you know this place could be a lot more than what it is so um i emailed karina and we started talking and then um she was like you know our kitchen's really small and i was like 
well, I think I could make some stuff happen here, you know? I mean, a small kitchen's one thing, but if you know what you're doing, you can make, you know, work with whatever you got, you know? And so um, that's when it started, and um, it was 2015, April, and um, basically came in and started doing good stuff, you know, kind of turned the whole menu around, started uh, really like putting food, um, thoughtful food on the, on the menu. That's the whole thing. It's like, I, I didn't, I, I have a fine dining background, but I didn't want to take that food and just put it out. I wanted to put food that was thoughtful and approachable because the town of Nederland, even in 2015, seven years after we moved here, it wasn't what, it wasn't up to the level of like being able to accept just anything on a plate and then the people trusting the chef and things like that. So it has to be approachable um, and affordable too. And so that was kind of the, the way I looked at it. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I was working in the city, I've worked all over, but this is the town I live in. So I would like my skills to be able to benefit the people who I live with in town, you know, rather than, you know, people in Denver, people in Boulder, you know, it's like, why can't we have a restaurant like this in Nederland? You know, why can't people eat this way in Nederland? You know, um, it's, it's, it's not a hard way to eat. And, um, it, it basically, it's something that the town needed. It, it, there was a lot of, um, like, burgers and kind of just more fast food kind of stuff, shorter stuff. And it just, there was a hole and I just felt like, you know, let's, let's try it. You know, let's, let's see what we, what we got, you know, so. so this has been a great opportunity for you. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. Um, and you know, town, ha the town has, um, definitely, um, evolved with us cause that's what it is. It's not just, you know, um, coming in and showing my cooks how to make this food and like stuff like that. It's, it's an evolution of, getting the the people in town to kind of change their mindset and want to eat this way and then trusting that hey whatever he does it's going to be good you know you've said a lot of stuff in conclusion that's really made me think about what we've been working on people skills customer service and they've got to be similar to teaching a skier snowboard lesson to what you do here oh for sure what makes a great guest experience in your opinion um for me if someone could come in and has great food, great drinks, enjoys the area, you know, whether it's because the, they have their dog on the patio or they've just never been up to Nederland and they're like, wow, this is awesome. But then they eat the food and the food brings back a memory or they, um, you know, one of the biggest compliments um, I got, I was working out on the grill outside and um, there was a, a woman who, it really surprised me, she was from Oaxaca in Mexico and um, one, I never ever see people from Mexico up here other than me, you know? So she came up to me and just started speaking Spanish to me and uh, we were talking and I was cooking uh, a bunch of vegetables for salsa on the, over the wood on the grill. And then I started uh, cooking some meat out there too. And she was, she came up to me and in Spanish, she said, she asked me what I was doing and I told her and she said, you're cooking the way I used to cook when I lived in Oaxaca. She's like, but now I live with my daughter in the United States and I don't cook like this anymore. She's like, but what you're doing reminds me of how we used to do it in Mexico, you know? Stuff, stuff like that where, um, you know, getting compliments like that or like, you know, people say, you know, like I made uh, some chicken noodle soup one day 
And someone came up to me. He's like, you know, my grandmother in the shtetl would be would be happy they, with this soup, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, it's like, whoa, that's like really heavy duty stuff, you know. It's um, if if I could provoke a, a memory or um, just give somebody that feeling of like this is how my grandma used to do it. This is this reminds me of this time or when they leave here. If they say, hey, remember that time we went to Netherland and, you know, we ate those ribs or we, we did this. It's like that's that's the biggest thing for me, you know, to create those memories. Because, I mean, you could eat a good meal and like, you know, if it's out of context, you, someone could give you some food. You try you're like, oh, that's all right. And then you don't even remember it. But it's that it's creating that memory or, you know, remembering that in that, that time when you had something for the first time or, you know, oh man, you know, when I was in Italy, I ate these gnocchi and now I'm eating your gnocchi and it reminds me of this trip. And, you know, they're totally different gnocchi, but it's just provoking that, that, that memory. And to me, that's like the best thing ever, you know. Chris Canales, it's been great visiting with you, the man who never has a slow season. <laughs> really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. You're welcome. It was, it was fun. I, I appreciate you interviewing me and just letting me talk a little bit. <laughs> From the PSI ASI Mobile Studios at Salto in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas.